And there came a day. A day unlike... Wait. No, that's been done. Hmm. Who knows what evil lurks in... No, that is that other thing. What has yellow skin and rights? Ah, forget it. You're listening to Panelology. Excelsior, oh, damn it. Welcome to episode 279 of Panelology. I'm Alex. And I am Ryan. Our, uh, our, our pre, like, this is where the recording starts mantra got a little nihilistic just now, and that <laughs> yeah, made us both laugh. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. What else are you, you going to do in the face of nihilism, right? <laughs> yeah, I mean, I got nothing better than laugh in its face. <laughs> there you go. Uh, which brings me to, how was your week, Brian? Oh, I had a long week. <laughs> the appropriate response was to just start laughing in its face. <laughs> yes, I, yeah, I, I, I started at 4.45 this morning and it's Saturday, so yeah. Brian had a long week <laughs> and it was all today. <laughs> yeah, that should, that should tell you how it's going. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, same TBH, same. Yeah, I felt like, you know what? You know what? This week I was a superhero. You know why? Because I fought against technology. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, How has the Venn diagram between superhero and cranky old man overlapped? Well, (laughs) there you go. And I lost some and I won some. So, you know, there you go. It's just like a comic story. Yeah. Uh, And in the end, I was triumphant. (laughs) It's true. Let's do this. This one's going to be short, goddammit. Yeah, we're going to do this right now. The Many Deaths of Lila Stard, written by Rom V, art by Felipe Andrade, color assists by Inessa Maro, and letters by Andworld Design. Look, this is the best miniseries of this year, period, the end. I I normally don't even use that word best. I say favorite. No, it's just, it's just that good. It is. Yeah, I read through three and I just have not managed to be able to read four and five yet. And I'm. Uh, uh, yeah because it's you're right it's fantastic it is funny and bittersweet and reflective and the art is like elongated and cartoonish but also like really warm and inviting and it's just one of those books that draws you in and gets Mm -hmm. you to thinking about where it might go and then in that way that rom v is like really really good at leaves you to kind of do the work when it's over I love it. And not not uh, yeah. in a lazy way, but in a way where like it sticks with you and you think about it. Yeah, like like it's it's good and when I say good, like like you enjoy the the work and the thinking about it. Yeah. 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 yeah I, this is going to be the easiest best of the year episode we ever do at the end of this year cuz we're going to agree on like everything. <laughs> you know, I feel like we've said that in years past and it's been like uh hey, this is really hard, but I <laughs> Knock on there's wood. Just, yeah, there's some standouts this year, though, that are just like, oh, my God. I mean, there are books that since January or early in the year, we've been saying, no, this is making the list. Like, this is one of those books. Mm-hmm. Yep. And I really don't see that changing. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway. It's so good. It's, it's 
the last death that Lila Star faces. How about that? Ooh, now see, I'm gonna have to read this. I can sleep though. <laughs> <laughs> it it'll still be waiting for you tomorrow, Brian. It will. It will. The comics are always waiting, Brian. The comics are always waiting. You are right about that, sir. Ah, uh, there's no obvious segue here. Batman Fear State Alpha. Written by uh, James Tynan IV, with art by Ricardo Federici, colors by Chris Sotomayor, and letters by Clayton Cowles. Uh, yeah, so I guess we'll start with, oh my god, it's beautiful, I love this art. I had forgotten how just gorgeous Federici's interiors are. Yeah. It's been a minute since he's done them for anything I've read, and they're just like... They're special, is what they, they are. are. They are. They are... Yeah. In their own sort of, they're in a league of Category. their own. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, the takeaways from this are, you know, we get we get the full setup of uh, how Scarecrow got involved in this, kind of where he's planning to take it, and the introduction of a the new Oracle who has who has locked out the old Oracle. Yeah, um, yeah. I know that's going to be a storyline coming up. So. I wonder if it's the same nemesis that we saw Babs deal with in that one story in Urban Legends. Yeah, where she were like she was perfecting her on the go technology suit. Yeah. Yeah. I wonder Maybe. if there's a connection there. I know there have been a lot of like evil oracle plot lines in the last few years, so I'm curious mm-hmm. to see whether this picks up from one of those, whether it picks up from that Urban Legends story or if it's doing something new. Yeah, yeah. Uh the other one would be the uh the fact that yeah, hey, we get 100% confirmation that there's at least two Ivies and um they neither one of them are the whole. Yeah. Without the other. Yeah. Uh which is if you've been reading both Swamp Thing and Catwoman, something that's been teased for a little while now. Yeah. I will say the other thing I really like about this is that I feel like there hasn't been an easy jumping on point for Batman books since Tynan took over. I would agree. And I think this is really your best way if you haven't been reading and want to jump in. To yeah. kind of get a quick lay of the land, see what's going on, and move forward. You'll you'll have some questions here and there, but this really gives you, I think, at a base level, everything you need to know. It does. And it, it at least does touchstones on kind of everything that's going on. Like, you see... You see Jace looking at the the bat suit, right? Yeah. So even the ones they don't really explain, there's there's touch points for them. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just so pretty. It is very very pretty. Midnighter Annual 2021, written by Becky Clunan and Michael W. Conrad, with art by Michael Avon Oming, colors by Taki Soma, and letters by Dave Sharp. This is it. This is the end of this Midnighter uh, loop. Yeah. This is uh, these are. This is the conclusion for all the backup stories that have been in Action Comics. And going Um, back to Future State. To Future State, yep, even. Um, And what a a fantastic little story. Yeah, you know, I, I will be honest here in that there have been moments where as much Mm -hmm. as I've enjoyed this and I like this creative team... Where I've really wondered, is there a satisfying way out of this story? 
Right, like, right. Like, like it almost felt like they were ju- – you know what it felt kind of like? It almost felt like they were writing TV episodes without an idea of what the ending was going to be. You know how they do that? I mean, as a huge fan of Riverdale, yes. <laughs> I was even just going to say, like, the basic premise of, like, a story about trying to break a loop mm-hmm. is in a way, like, I think the easiest way to approach it, and I don't think that's what this story exactly has done, which is why why I think it's impressive that they pulled it off and why I was worried that they might not. Right. Is to treat it as kind of like a locked box puzzle or a locked room puzzle, right? Like, yeah. you have all these bits and pieces and teases, and it becomes really satisfying to see how those things become important. And yeah. here we kind of knew up front what was important. We knew... Yeah, that's actually true, yeah. We knew by the end of Future State what mattered here. And it really became a question of how do you break a cycle that you've been stuck in for ages? And that answer kind of became like having a team you trust. It became, it kind of became this like not very midnighter reliance on others. Yeah. That also then pays off as sort of in the same way that I just started to to contradict myself as I was saying that and say, well, no, I mean, we think of them as on a team all the time. We do. And this book kind of gives us that, well, okay, yes, he's gruff. And yes, he's kind of, you know an angrier Batman at a certain very basic level. Right, right, I know what you're saying. But he does rely on that. He does have other layers. He does have and process his emotions. He just happens to be in control of them. And I think there's something interesting in saying, yeah, the answer was maybe just not to sell me short, myself or you as the reader. Well, and the other thing that I think it plays with a little bit is the idea of, you know, he's been in in the timelines, he's been not telling them. He's been keeping everyone in the dark because every time he's told them they've died and it hasn't worked. Yeah. Right. But yet. So. So like. So you get the impression that all of these previous times he's like told them and relied on them and pulled them in as part of the team and the, and none of that's worked. So this time he's like not told them anything and kept them apart. But yet, at the end, you find out that that doesn't mean he's not going to rely on them and and ask and get help, right? Right. Even though, even though he's been pushing them away to quote do it himself this whole time, that's not what it was about. It's a, I, I thought it was interesting. I did too. Yeah. I also really, really love the Mr. Miracle dynamic in here. Yeah, I do too. Yeah, he's kind of fun with these guys. Well, there's something that's so like, there's something very arch about Midnighter and Apollo. Yeah. That is not part of at least this Mr. Miracle. You know what part of it might be? They almost feel they almost feel like they could be fourth world characters. You know, that's a good way of thinking about it. Yeah. Like they are yeah. they are extra at that level. They are like exactly so big. But this is specifically not the fourth world Mr. Miracle. Right. Exactly. Yeah. He's specifically the very grounded version who's like Wait a minute, you could open a door and translocate us anytime and you still had me picking locks. Well, yeah, because any time I did that, you died. Oh, okay, no, that's a good answer. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> yes. 
and that's kind of my point is, but War World, the way they have presented War World, the way they have presented War World since Future State has also kind of felt fourth worldish to me. Yeah, I mean, certainly, like it feels like apocalypse, right? And you've got you know, and the, you've got the Mister Miracle there. You've got Black Racer, the story True. that was set there, right? So, I. I and I'm not saying that it is. I'm not saying it's certainly not repetitious in any shape or form. But it, but but it has that feel to it a little yeah, bit. It operates at a scale that evokes. Uh, yes, exactly, exactly. Yeah, fun, 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 fun. I'm I'm glad, and I'm very glad they chose to do it like this too. I like how they wrapped it up in this one big. Angle. Yeah, it was it was nice to give it room to breathe here. Yep. How about Dark Ages number one? Um. Yeah, so this is uh, written by Tom Taylor. Art is Ebon Coelho. Uh, colors are Brian Reber, and letter is Joe Sabino. Um, so I guess Marvel talked to Tom Taylor and said, hey, can you do one of those cool other world kind of things for us like you've done with Deceased and Injustice? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean... I mean, am I wrong, though? No, like, this is the thing. I... I love Tom Taylor in continuity. I also love Tom Taylor just making up his own worlds. Yeah. Yeah. This one's this one's kind of fun. It is. It's And I mean, I say it, clearly not for the characters, but for me. No, it's <laughs> clearly like the worst day for everybody involved. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of characters that don't make it out of this first issue as I mean, and that's that's kind of why I I made that reference to, you know, Injustice and Deceased is yeah. it's very much a playground where oh yeah, no, we we're there's going to be people just gone. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Ben Grimm uh, basically evaporates. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, do we want to explain the setup for what is going on here? Um, yeah. I think that makes sense. And I don't think that's, there's certainly yeah. no, I don't think spoiler in any of that. There is this giant space cosmological entity called the Unmaker. The Unmaker, yeah. Uh, which was created to, like, unmake black holes and threats to life in the cosmos. Mm -hmm. And eventually, over time, just its programming was corrupted. It was uh, on the loose and just unmaking whatever it crossed paths with. So the living tribunal faced it down, put it to sleep because it contained too much energy to destroy, and locked it in the core of a newly forming planet, Earth. <laughs> no way that will go badly. Nah. Until it goes nah. badly. Yeah. So one of the things I love, and I love how Marvel just, they, Marvel just doesn't care. They just, is like, it, it talks at one point about he had grown to a level of power where he was like unmaking and destroying entire galaxies, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like, so so he's unmaking galaxies, but he's having trouble fighting his way out of the, the middle of the earth. <laughs> well, he's still like, waking up. Like I guess so. As I, someone, I guess, as someone I guess he hasn't had his coffee yet. That's what it is. As someone who hits snooze anywhere <laughs> from four to about fourteen times in a morning. Oh good lord, sir. I feel this in my bones. 
<laughs> I could not break out of my comforter when I first wake up. I certainly couldn't break through an equivalent scale and like difficulty of the Earth's crust. Well, that's what I'm saying, though. For for a character that destroys entire galaxies at a time, like, I'm thinking the Earth's crust would be about the level of a company. Okay, <laughs> okay, but... That's kind of where I'm going. As someone who can destroy entire pizzas at a time, <laughs> if I woke up in a calzone, <laughs> it would take me a minute to figure out how to get out of there. <laughs> oh... I'm too tired to not create the mental images in my brain. <laughs> and when the mystical pepperonis came inside to stop me from breaking through the shell and destroying That's it. when you would need that's when you would need Stephen Strange. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. I think I just made Stephen Strange pepperoni. <laughs> okay. Wow, we should really get back to this book. <laughs> no, if we actually stay on topic, this episode will only be 20 minutes. Uh, we've got to vamp a little, Brian. Yeah, that's fair. That's very fair. Sir. Um, um, but, but um, no, I, I, there's so many things to love about this. Tom Taylor does exactly what he does best in this situation, and that is create a world that is, that is so engagingly different that it just immediately draws you to the characters. There's also something to this that I think this is true of Injustice or of Deceased as well, but I think mm -hmm. it's more noticeable from the outset in this book. And that is that because this is a book about a, a because this is a book about how a world ends, there is an acceptance that the details of how we got here don't matter. In ways that let us have combinations of characters we would not normally get otherwise. Yeah. Specifically, the best example is both May and uh, Gwyn, Spider-Gwyn, are on this Earth. And really there's like no way, given either of their origins, that they could exist in the same Earth. But here they do. Yeah. Yeah, the other is... um. Like, uh, Jessica Jones and Luke Cage uh, are best friends with Peter and, and Mary Jane. Yeah, because their kids <laughs> yeah. have playdates. Yeah, yeah. I, I, like, I just love that idea. Yeah. And, like, Jessica looks like she got her shit together on this Earth. <laughs> she does. Right? It's a good Earth for Jessica Jones. I mean, I know, right, I know. right up until all the power goes out. Well, yeah, that, you know, there's that. But, um, but yeah, I love, um... Like I said, there's there's so many fun, neat ideas in this. Um, I loved seeing uh, Moon Girl again. Yes. Oh, Brian, you have not seen Marvel. As much as I grouse about Marvel marketing by, like, naming a book and no creative team. Yep. And with the asterisk that because it is so far out, the one that they did not name a creative team for is the Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur book. But Marvel has announced several new series that will be launching between now and as far out as February. Mm -hmm. One of which is a new Moon Girl and Double Dinosaur book. Nice. Yeah. There's also a uh, an event that Dan Slott has been teasing for like 17 years. <laughs> okay. Yeah. 
it's 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 a wild it's a wild that's slate some, uh, i'm very excited scaling. yeah that's sometimes we'll talk about all so, those uh, and well, solicitations eventually there you go there you go um so what happens is basically all the spider people have instant you know uh spider sense migraines <laughs> from the fact that the, like the world is in such imminent danger um you know all the all the smart people start getting together to try to figure out what they can do and they essentially what they come up with is they they're going to send this team to the middle of the earth to to try and stop this thing you know what 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 super heroes and super teams do yeah right? um and i'm trying to think this theme is uh ben it is scarlet witch it is steven strange it is vision sue storm Wanda. oh i said scarlet witch sue storm uh, did I miss anybody? I think that may be it. That may be it. Yeah. Um, I'm sitting here thinking, how do they all die? Yeah, exactly. Um, Ben gets pretty much vaporized instantly by an energy beam that just melts him. Um, Wanda is trying to change reality until the Unmaker unmakes her. Very, uh, very Thanos snappy-ish. Um, Vision tries to slow the thing down by flying into his brain when Wanda dies because he's so mad, you know, upset yeah. about it, and it just, that like, he's gone. Um, Then it, it's essentially down to <laughs> Sue Storm and Stephen Strange, and Sue is, like, basically holding a pocket of reality together, kind of, yeah. inside her bubble, while Stephen opens a portal to a version of, to a universe where the core of the universe is essentially a giant EMP mm -hmm. to turn, to, you know, turn off this thing. It is, it is a construct. Yes. Yeah. And in the process of that, the thing retaliates and kills Steven. The Unmaker, not Ben Grimm. The Unmaker. Yeah. The Unmaker <laughs> does. Um, and yeah, so that whole team is essentially wiped out with the exception of Sue Storm. Yes. And because Strange opts to save Sue instead yep. of closing the portal, yep. the entire world loses its power. Yeah, the portal stays open, so the entire Earth and, and areas beyond ha have a constant, basically a constant EMP that th no electricity of any kind can function there. Yeah. Wow, that has a lot of implications. Like, t it shows Tony falling out of the air because, you know, the Iron Man armor is done. Yeah. At yeah. the end, we see a version of Peter with, like, steampunk web shooters. Yeah. We also... Like I'm thinking old, old school, like, mechanically activated web shooters. Yeah. <laughs> like where that's gotta go. Right? Uh, there's also one other figure involved in all of this, which is Apocalypse, who kind of senses the unmaker and sees it as a call to action and maybe positioned as our big bad going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, let's see what else happens here. Oh, um, yeah. Viv. Viv just is off. Yeah. Uh Ant Man is embiggened when the power goes out, so he's stuck giant. Yeah, because his switch doesn't work anymore to activate the pin particle. Yeah. Yeah. Um so yeah, there's a lot of a lot of interesting changes here and then um at the end we get a tease of so it's been like several years now of no power. Yeah. 
And at the end, we get the tease of Apocalypse returning with a team that um, looks ready to uh, cause some serious problems. Yeah. I love some of these people. You said Apocalypse returns with a team, and all I could think is Apocalypse in a big, like, black and orange van. It loves it when a plan comes together. Yeah, Yeah, there you go. The A stands for Apocalypse. <laughs> I pity the fool that tries to fight against us. That's it. <laughs> oh, this is fun. Because we, we get like Iron Man and Wait, 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 wait. I am as far beyond pitying fools as you are beyond <laughs> fools. Sold. Sold. Yeah, but these are not villains as you would expect on this team. No, these are heroes who have fallen, have been disenfranchised or at least you think like this is a path forward yeah right like we don't maybe it's that krakoan era in my brain but we don't explicitly know that apocalypse is like working toward evil ends here this is true demon days cursed web number one written and drawn by peach momoko with an english adaptation and dialogue by zach davison and letters by ariana marr we uh you know what? I'm not even going to talk about how beautiful this book is because we all know it by now. <laughs> but Brian isn't yeah. acknowledging that you're not acknowledging it, acknowledging it. No, I'm not acknowledging it. <laughs> if I acknowledge that you're not acknowledging it, is that an acknowledgement? That's you acknowledging it, not me. <laughs> but you're acknowledging that I just acknowledged it. No, I'm acknowledging. Oh, damn, he may be having. <laughs> One plus two plus one, or one plus one plus two plus one? I think I left out a number somewhere in there. G. For Vendetta? Sure, G for Vendetta. I heard V. G for Vendetta, yes, that was it. Look, a Gendetta (laughs) is what I end up working up at a bar. Or... It's gin on a vendetta. Oh, no, that's bloody. (laughs) Uh, You know know what else was bloody? (laughs) This book. It's true. They were, in fact, on vendettas. They they were indeed on vendettas. (laughs) Um... Yeah, so we get to see, uh, we get to see her power actually kind of manifest this time. We do. and it's a little bit terrifying. And she knows a good, good boy. She does know a good, good boy. Logan is a good, good boy. But you know who might be a better boy? Uh, is it Baby Hulk? No. Who is it? It's the spider that not Gwen Stacy has oh. trained to fist bump. Yes, the spider that fist bumps her. That yes. fist bump well, I is... Mean, finger bump, whatever, yeah. I mean... In any case, it's, 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 I don't want to say the pinnacle of comic making, but it's certainly on the short list. It is. It's, it's, it's pretty damn sweet. I like our Gwen Stacy in this. Too. I do too. I like the, yeah. the poisoned ropes, like yo-yo style weapons. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's, there's, there's very much an anime feel to her character because she is not, uh, yokai or oni or any kind of supernatural <clears throat> uh, uh, creature in any shape or form. She is just a person. 
and so it, it has it her actions were like making venom spider venomed yo-yo strings feels very anime-ish it does i love it like this is a character who you i'm sure can play in some jrpg oh absolutely and if not get on that square <laughs> Oh, God. Can you imagine a game based on this? I have been for about the last 35 seconds, actually. (laughs) Oh, man. Yes. Uh, We also see at the end of this a tease of our maybe next main characters. Oh, my gosh. Uh, How much do you love this pairing? A lot. Yes. Like, it's one of the most natural, if you ever think about it, it's like the most natural thing in the world. How has somebody not related these two characters before? Yeah, I mean, I think they will really bring the thunder. And the lightning. Very, very frightening. Very, very frightening. Yes, indeed. We are both so on autopilot right now, Brian. (laughs) We're like 20 minutes away from blessing the rains in Africa. (laughs) Claude Rains down in Africa? (laughs) What? No, we're not going there again. Stop it. Stop it. Although, I do need to send you a TikTok later. (laughs) Okay. It's someone who has orchestrated uh, Toto's Africa as played on squeaky rubber chickens. (laughs) it is the highest of art or at least it was the highest anyone has ever been while making art definitely one of the two yeah i yeah do we want to say who these characters are uh it's thor and storm yes and storm's a little chibi i love it yes (laughs) it's so wonderful and thor calls her little sister which is you know a very i love that yeah yeah i can't wait for this Speaking of Storm, who does not appear in either of the books we're about to talk about, but I'm segueing to Krakoa. Sure. Hellions number 15. Written by Zeb Wells. Art by Roger Antonio. Colors by Rain Barreto. Letters by Ariana Mar. And design by Tom Muller. So we meet we meet the Chimera. We do meet the Chimera. Um and remember because it's been a minute now since um since powers of x and how powers of 10 and house of x right yes um and chimera became a becomes a whole project right it does if you yeah. remember the like uh there was a sword wielding mutant there was also a like clearly clearly somehow related to nightcrawler stylized the priest, the priest right? yeah. yeah uh well, and it talked about the different. Gen- there was there was one of the text pages I remember that talked about the different generations of Chimera, and like it ends up getting to a point where like these these creep these people are like five different power sets combined, and they are just insanely powerful. That's right, and like yeah, the ones we saw were later generations. This is yeah, this is our first. This is the first. And who is it, Alex? It's a combination of Sinister and Tarn. Tarnation! Uh, yeah, um, wow. Uh, clearly, I'm guessing this first Chimera is the one that creates the later ones. Like, with the powers of both Sinister and Tarn, like, he would be the one to do it, right? I think that's a good guess. Yeah, I'm. 
You, you know how they say you shouldn't feed Mogwai after midnight? Yeah, or get them yeah, wet. You, 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 shouldn't, you shouldn't feed Gore, apparently, at any time. No, 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 you, you should not. <laughs> no, that is bad. Bad, Grey Crow, bad. Uh, this is going to be fun stuff. Uh, yeah um i i I love how many different characters get a moment in this yeah it's a really this ties up a lot of stuff that has happened in this book so far and it's really satisfying like everyone finds out about psylocke's daughter everyone finds out about psylocke like being manipulated to save her daughter and lying to them and helping Sinister cover things up. And I like that there's enough loyalty in the team that that's not a wedge between... Like, that is not viewed as being Psylocke's fault. It is Sinister's fault. Sinister put her in this position. So, uh, you know what else this book has, Alex? I'm gonna guess Brian's quote of the week. Yeah, it does. So, Sinister's revealing this to everybody. They all look... Um, and yeah, and he's like, uh, yeah, this was not about you. This, it was about him, a sinister with the power of God. It is a holy thing, this chimera. <laughs> and it goes, well, this can't happen. We're blowing this shit up, John. <laughs> yeah, we are. <laughs> yeah, and then, um, let's just say, um, Havoc does he destroys everything yeah yeah uh this is this is clearly leading up to some pretty big stuff and i like it there was an ad in one of these issues teasing inferno with a little different context than we had seen so far and tying uh psylocke tying quanon to it and i feel like this arc this issue is very much the why of that. Yeah, and let's not forget those two pages at the beginning where, um, yeah, this force is just off of Krakoa in a ship and make contact with the baby that that Nana, that Nanny brought back. Yeah. Yeah, that's not going to go well at all. Yeah, that, 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 that's going to be bad. Do we want to talk about New Mutants now? Yeah, we do. Written by Vita Ayala, with art by Rod Reese. Letters by Travis Lanham with Joe Caramagna. And design by Tom Muller. Hey, hey, hey. Yeah. Uh, how good is Hope? Hope is great. Hope is freaking phenomenal. You know who else is real, real good? Warpath. Warpath, very good. Yes. Like, Warpath is the right team. And I gotta say... I think specifically with this issue, I think Vidal has captured 100% the spirit of the old New Mutants book. Yeah, like, right. even without having read a lot of old New Mutants, I feel like this issue does a really great job of taking a team that has been, just through circumstance, kind of separated, fractured, like all going in different directions and reminding them, but also reminding us as readers and some of us as newer readers to some of these characters, why these characters work so well together anyway. Yep. Yeah. And, and, and that really was part of it was, and you kind of see this at the beginning with Warpath trying to teach these, 
you know, younger s- students, essentially, mm-hmm. right? Um, about how you can work together not just for fights, but for other things, right? And really what it's about is building teamwork and 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 trust among each other. And, like, where that leads to is then demonstrated with the older group later. Right. Right? And I, I love it. And can I just say, uh, Rod Reese, who did the uh, art for this, uh, this is the, it is certainly his own unique but has the the reminiscent flair of Sinkevich so much yeah i can see that like right i think there is a sort of like playfulness with shape and form exactly that he has. yeah where things like sh- like form is not defined it's a little bit loose and chaotic and yeah it's almost and I think this is a very Sienkiewicz feature, but, like, it's almost dreamlike, right? Like, the things yeah. that matter yeah, in yeah. the moment become exaggerated. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I I loved this issue just so much. And how good was Rainey stepping up, too? You know, I we've talked so much about mm-hmm. where this character is at and how much, like, we all, we both feel for her and hurt for her, but also want better for her and want to see her do better and, like, not let this pain become a reason for her to become less than she is. Mm-hmm. Which, like, okay, I phrase it that way in a very literary sense, right? A very mechanical sense. Obviously, like, Rainey's been through some trauma and her her responses oh, to so much of this are totally valid and understandable and human and that's the point right that's why we feel for her but her having this moment of taking ownership of the mistakes that have come out of her reactions to what's going on around her and her pulling in and wanting to own and make up for it is such an incredibly powerful character beat yeah and like i said it really comes to the idea of, yeah, they're all willing to give each other space when they need it, right? And, you know, if you want to try and do something on your own, certainly, you know, you have the right to do that kind of thing. But, like, all of them kind of at the same time coming to the point of, yes, but there is a point that you get to where you need help. Well, it's it's so much trust, right? It's, it is. That's exactly right. It's yes. trust that if someone says they need distance, they mean it. But it's also trust that if someone else in this group comes forward and says, I think something more is up here and I am concerned, then the character who gave someone distance says, okay, I trust you. Let's do it. Let's address this together now. Yeah. Yeah. I love it so much. And like thinking about it almost as a conversation with that last issue of Children of the Atom, where they finally had the conversation they needed to have. Yes. Yeah, man, mutant books are good. (laughs) Vita Ayala is good. Yeah, 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 yeah. But like, I'm I'm thinking like of Hellions too. Like, like, damn, these mutant books are good. They are. They're so good. Let's see what else is still good. Second coming, only begotten son, number four. Sometimes, uh, your actions have consequences, and when you're a superhero. Those consequences may be kids you bullied in high school who have become supervillains. Lucky Devil, number two, Brian. 
sometimes when you're a human that has the powers of a of a demon, you attract attention you don't want to attract. Batman Superman 2021 annual. Uh this is one of those sort of fun you start from one direction and then flip it over and start from the other direction and they meet in the middle stories. Oh yeah. Uh where Superman from the world of tomorrow, the film world that we see in the book has gone over to the world of the night, the the Batman film world from the book, and Batman has gone over to the world of tomorrow to deal with, like, challenges each of them is better at than the other, so we get to see them operate in each other's worlds. Nice. Harley Quinn 2021 annual. Uh, we finally learn what's up with Keepsake, or uh, as everyone seems to prefer calling him, Creepsake. <laughs> <laughs> Infinite Frontier, number five, Brian. Um, everybody arrives at Earth Omega uh, and finds out what's going on. Like, everybody gets to confront everybody and find out who people really are and why everybody's acting the way they, they are. Yeah. Static, season one, number three. Virgil makes himself some new threads and starts to mend fences with his friends and family. Teen Titans Academy, number five, Brian. Number six, Brian. <laughs> the kids go on a uh, on a, a day out at the beach and find way more than they bargained for. Jinkies. Wonder Girl, number three. Uh, Yara Floor gets into some trouble and uh, gets out of trouble as swiftly as an arrow. And probably into more trouble. Avengers number 48. It's the team up everyone's been waiting for. The Winter Hulk and Gorilla Man. Captain Marvel number 32. Hey, remember that, uh, like, all black controlling suit that, uh, Carol was locked up in a while back? Yeah, when she had to take out the Avengers? Yeah, that's the one. Uh, turns mm -hmm. out. Now everyone else who's ever been a Captain Marvel is being put in the suit. That's like the worst gimp suit, isn't it? I don't know how to begin to, quant <laughs> to, to quantify or qualify that. I feel like there have to be worse out there, but also this one does seem pretty bad. <laughs> I did not have those particular rankings in my back pocket for today, Brian. <laughs> All right. Well, we'll move along then. The Last Annihilation, Wiccan and Hulkling. We see their uh, Wiccan and Hulkling's original meet cute and uh, learn about spooky action at a distance and adorable action up close. This week's books, Kazar, Ooh. Lord of Savage Land, number one of five. Yeah, this is uh, Zach Thompson and uh, German Garcia. And uh, this is gonna be a fun little five issue Kazar book. I, I like. I I don't know that I'd be in for a big long ongoing series of Kazar, but a little five issue miniseries. Yeah, I'm gonna jump on that. I've seen art from this, and it's so like pretty and pastoral in a way that I would not normally expect a Kazar book to be. Mm -hmm. Like, I think that's a super interesting choice. Yeah, we have May's book number one by Jeff Lemire. Uh. This is about a man who's, like, going through grief and the loss of his daughter and gets a phone call saying, Hey, I'm alive. I'm trapped in this maze. And he tries to find her. We get Black Manta, number one, written mm 
written by Chuck Brown with art by Valentin Delandro. This is the uh, six-issue miniseries return of Black Manta that gets into the question of, like, what about that time that Black Manta killed Aquaman's child? Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think, if, if I had to guess, this is probably going to be a setup for where Black Manta is going to be in relation to Jackson Hyde as Aquaman. I think so. I mean, we're getting the yeah. Jackson Hyde as Aquaman six-issue miniseries yep. this month as well. Um, yeah. that That cannot be a coincidence. Nope, I don't think so. We have another pair of 2021 annuals this week. First up is Green Lantern, written by Ryan Cady, with art by Sammy Bosry and Tom Derenick, colors by Hi-Fi, and letters by Rob Lee. Uh, this is the whatever happened to Jessica Jones yes. and uh, her. who? Whatever happened to Jessica Cruz? <laughs> Jessica Jones, she married Luke Cage and is uh, best friends with uh, Peter and Mary Jane. Whatever happened to Jessica Waters? <laughs> Jessica Waters, Jessica Walters. Walters? <laughs> Oh yeah, she uh, she, she Jessica Walters got all both. Uh, no, Jessica Walters. That's not it. Jennifer Walters. Jennifer Walters. <laughs> wow, man! Now you got me doing it. Stop it! It's contagious. <laughs> Jennifer Walters got all buff and uh, uh, decided to join Apocalypse. Apparently, I don't know. <laughs> uh, ah. Okay, so. Just the, the Green Lantern Cruz Jessica would be the name that you are looking for, sir. Jessica Cruz. Yeah, I found it, but then I went straight past it for the bit. <laughs> Was it worth it? I don't know. I'll I'll know tomorrow when I edit. I feel like the answer is probably gonna be no. Is any of this ever no? But let's... sometimes, hey, hey, Brian. Yeah, no, that's Brian. Fair. That's fair. We are four hundred and or two hundred and seventy nine <laughs> episodes in. <laughs> may feel like 400 and something episodes sometimes. <laughs> Certainly if you're listening to it, it probably does. It probably does, yeah. Just this one. We're moving on. Suicide Squad 2021 Annual. So, what Marvel character is this about, Alex? Uh, uh, Superboy? <laughs> <laughs> wow. Wow. Uh-huh. Finn Connors? <laughs> oh, How many different ways it's can su- I be wrong? It's the Suicide Squad annual by uh, by Robbie Tom. But it's going to be good. Get okay. it. Read it, it. it. Okay, let's go. It is about Superboy, though. That's not me. It's, yeah, no, I know. Yeah, no. It's Connor. Uh, yes. It's about Connor. Mm-hmm. Uh, and finally, Dead Box number one, written by Mark Russell. That's all you need to know. Art it by is. Benjamin Tiesma, colors by Vladimir Popov, letters by Jim Campbell, and designed by Tim Daniel. This is a new vault series about a haunted red box. Yeah, don't read the book, don't open the box. That's how it goes, Alex. Those are the rules. Too late. Yep. Okay, that's it. We're putting this one to bed, and more importantly, yeah, as Brian. We should. <laughs> Thanks to Chase Barker for our intro voiceover. We're a member of the Certain POV Network. If you're looking for other cool podcasts about popular culture, go to certainpov.com. Visit us at panelologypodcast.com. Support us at patreon.com slash panelology. Get merch at bit.ly slash panelologymerch, capital P, capital M. Send us your questions, comments, or whatever at bit.ly slash panelologymailbag, capital P, capital M. 
I had a callback I was going to do here, and I don't remember what it was. I'm Alex. And I'm Brian. Go get some sleep and then go read comics. CPOV. CertainPOV.com.